Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. Every Wednesday, we discuss all things dogs, from health and veterinary care to training and behavior science. Follow us and join Good Dog's mission to build a better world for our dogs and the people who love them. Hi, everybody. I am Dr. Michael Delgado here from Good Dog, and you are listening to the Good Dog Pod. Today we have a very special episode. I'm going to be talking with Brenda Brown. She's a grief specialist who received her master's degree in grief counseling and in thanatology, which I had to look up, but that is the study of death and how humans cope or respond to death. Brenda also completed a fellowship at the Association for Death Education and Counseling, and she completed the North American Veterinary Community's Human Bond Certificate Program. Brenda started GAPS, which is Grief About Pets, LLC, in 2015 in response to the huge gap in services available to support pet parents and their families before and after their pet dies. GAPS offers individual support sessions, a free monthly pet loss group, and educational programs for veterinary offices and organizations. I know that many of us have experienced the very painful loss of a pet or many, This interview may be hard for some of you to listen to. I'm going to do my best not to weep during this interview, but we hope that you'll find some comfort in knowing that so many of us have experienced similar feelings and that there are people available to help like today's guest, Brenda. So Brenda, thank you so much for joining us at the Good Dog Pod today. Hi, Michael. Thanks for asking me. Okay, so let's get started. Can you tell us a little bit about your own personal path to where you are today How did you end up focusing your education and efforts on helping people cope with the loss of a pet? I'm asked that question a lot. And I've got to tell you something honest that actually my interest in this field all began with a human loss, with the loss of my father. Okay. Because I was in my early 30s. And at that time, none of my friends Mm -hmm. had had a parent die. And I found it to be the most painful horrible time I'd ever endured in my life. I'm sorry. Thank you. But out of that time, I decided to turn it all around and think what I could do with my life to help other people going through grief. Wow. And so that's when I found a job with hospice and it kind of took off from there. Great. And then I got into pet loss after I left my last job with a local hospital And I started looking around at our area. I live in the Akron, Ohio area, and saw that there was absolutely no support programs out there Mm -hmm. for people grieving the loss of their pets. And being a huge pet lover my whole life, I knew that pet parents needed help. So I started my business, GAPS. Great. So you told us about your experience with a human family member. Was there a personal experience with pet loss during your lifetime that really influenced you or surprised you how you responded to it? Yeah, there really has been. And sometimes it's not until after the fact that you realize what a profound time that was in your life. I experienced the severe loss of my dog, Ellie. And at the time, I was actually working for Akron Children's Hospital, not really in the grief field yet and in charge of their therapeutic dog program, the Doggy Brigade. And in that program, there was a dog that I fell in love with, a King Charles Spaniel named Kobe. And I was always saying to his owner, Barb, Barb, if I could only have a dog just like Kobe, 
And for breeders that are out there, all of you know, I was a single parent back then and it was out of my price range. Mm -hmm. So one day Barb came to me and she said, Brenda, my breeder said she has a dog that she's done breeding and she'd like to find a home. So I went and I met Ellie, fell in love, and she became just the heart dog of my life, actually became a therapy dog. And when Ellie became extremely ill and was dying, I slept with her all night that night and she just cried and there was nothing we could do to control her pain. So I woke up that morning and thought, okay, this is it. Took her to the vet hospital and had her euthanized. And then I remember the vet saying to me, what do you want us to do with her body? Mm. And I was so horrified that I'd never even thought about it. Thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Am I answering your question? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just was curious if there was kind of a transformative moment where it was like, oh, this is why this topic is so important is that, you know, most of us have experienced it if we've had pets for any length of time. And so that tells it all, like you weren't prepared for For loss. Yeah. Right. Or even I think it's a really interesting topic is about the body. Do we choose to cremate or bury them at home? Or some people just don't want to keep the body or be there during euthanasia. There's a lot of issues. And, you know, for me, I like to actually keep my pet's body at home for a few hours after the euthanasia and kind of say goodbye in the home. But some people are just very uncomfortable. I think it kind of gets back to the concept of thanatology and how we feel about death or how we process it. And so it's a super fascinating topic to me. And, you know, I think the big question that probably comes up a lot for you is like, why is losing a pet so uniquely painful? It's very different to me. You know, I think a lot of us experience it differently than we do even a human family member. And for some of us, we actually take it harder than we do when we lose a human family member. So do you have any insight as to like why that is for some people? I hear it a lot from my clients. Yeah. I also see them when they say it to me, they're feeling a sense of guilt that they shouldn't feel this way. Yeah. That they say, you know, I feel worse with the loss of my pet than I did with the loss of my father. Yeah. And I say, I think that's because with our pets, we are so bonded. Mm -hmm. We are so close with them. And I mean, we're with them. Sometimes some of us 24 hours a day. Sure. Yeah. And so it's the depth of your love and that bonding that makes the death so difficult for us. And it just makes sense to me. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's like you said, especially people being home more. I mean, we've seen the pet human relationship change a lot in the last two years since the pandemic started. And so I think, yeah, people are closer than ever to their companion animals. Let's talk a little bit about society norms, because I think that really can influence the experience of losing a pet. And can you talk about what disenfranchised grief is and why that kind of compounds the difficulties people experience when they lose their pet? Sure. But let's go back to what you first said about society norms. Yeah. Because if we look at it today, we have progressed from where we were like 100 years ago, or even I've realized where my parents were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, initially when my father brought home our first puppy to our family, he built a pen for it out yeah. in our backyard. Yeah. And we thought that was the norm back then. Yeah. You didn't even let your pets in your home. 
Yeah, no, that's true. When I was growing up, that was true. My grandparents had a husky who lived outside and I don't know that that dog ever came inside. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I'm so glad that we've gotten much further than where we used to be, you know, 50 some years ago. Yeah. However, I still also hear very often that people don't get it, that we've got pet parents who are horribly grief stricken after their beloved pet dies and neither family nor friends sometimes understand the depth of their grief or the longevity of their grief. Yeah. I think that's where people hear things like, oh, you can just get another dog or they're just a dog. And that can be very painful for people to hear, or they feel like they have to go back to work right away. We don't, as a society, I think, support people. I mean, even with human loss, I think we kind of try to put blinders on right, and not think about it too much. Because it's so painful. People don't want to talk about it. They just yeah. want to roll along and get over it. But Michael, go back to your question about disenfranchised grief, yeah. because not everybody hears that term. Yeah. And for me, it really means that grief is unrecognized, that we're not going to give it value. And unfortunately, we do still see that today. Sure. I think that it's very true. I mean, on many levels, like you said, probably a lot of it stems from fear. So when people are experiencing pain and grief over the loss of their pet, what are some things that can help them cope? And should we be thinking about this the way we do human grieving? Like it's kind of expected that if you lose a person in your life, there's going to be some kind of memorial service or funeral, these kind of rituals that maybe help us like acknowledge and support the grief where people come together. And, you know, are there things that people can do when they lose a pet that can help them cope in a similar way? Absolutely. And the suggestions that I will give to you really can also be applied to human loss grief. From working in the pet loss field now for five years and just coming out of a long-term career in human loss, I see no difference. Mm. I see the level of grief being very much the same. And I think the number one first thing that we need to do is called self-care. Yes. (laughs) Because what happens to us when our loved one, whether it's a pet or human dies, we are in shock. And the intensity of the grief is so horrific that we cannot even eat, sleep, sometimes not even hardly speak. Yeah. And so we just need to really surround ourselves with self-care and go, okay. And you take it one day at a time. I'm going to get through this first day and I'm going to do whatever I can to try to eat. I tell people, even if it's drinking a milkshake. Get something Something. into you, right? Even if you can't sleep, just make yourself rest. Gotcha. So number one thing. Yeah, it makes sense. And it's hard. Like I said, you know, some people don't feel like they can take that time to take care of themselves, but it sounds like that actually does help make things easier for people. Yeah, I have more. Okay. You know, the other thing I advise people People especially who are working outside of the home. Actually, that's the part of COVID that's maybe a little bit of a blessing that we work more at home now. But a few years ago, we worked more outside of the home. And that's really tough when you're grieving. And you have those moments at work where you can barely function. 
and you know you're just going to start bawling. So (laughs) you need to allow yourself to have those times to be tearful. And even if you work at home, I really think it's helpful for us to work with bosses or administrators who will be a pet lover and say to you, oh, I get it. Please take a couple days off work. Yeah. I mean, I've been very lucky. I've always worked at animal-centered places where it's been okay to take a day off or even more if I need it. So yeah, those kind of things, they seem very subtle, but important, I think, to help people. And what about like the idea of like some kind of ritual or funeral? Do you see some of your clients doing that to honor their pet or help them cope with the loss? I don't see as many having formal funerals. (laughs) Sure. But see, once again, going back to disenfranchised grief, we just need to keep progressing. Because I do see that there are even some pet care places out there that are offering pet funerals. And I think it's a beautiful idea. And I have had a few of my clients say that they did it. I think it's a great idea, especially if you have children in the home. Mm. Yeah. Surround everybody. And if you want to have written a note or a letter to your pet who died or have some kind of a poem. And once again, to have thought through that body post-death piece, whether you're going to be burying your pet or having them cremated, but to take time for that, I think is important. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Um, We're here with Brenda Brown, grief specialist for pet loss, and we'll be right back. Good Dogs Breeding Foundations course provides expert advice on pedigrees, genetics, contracts, and everything else you need to set your breeding program up for success. This course usually costs $245, but you can access it for free when you join Good Dog today. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. Hey, everybody, you are tuned into the Good Dog Pod. We're here today with Brenda Brown. She is a pet loss grief specialist, and we're really thrilled to have her here today. I wanted to talk about kind of the pre-death part. If you have an older or chronically ill pet, Do you think there's anything that can help people prepare for this kind of impending loss that you don't necessarily know when it's going to happen, but you know, it's maybe closer than you'd like, or is it better to just kind of live your life every day and not think about it? (laughs) Like what's the best approach? Well, obviously from what I talked about before, I highly recommend that we take a little bit of time to think about it because I do have clients that I see often who are alone and, you know, maybe more mature in life and they have a pet. And what I highly recommend is that, number one, I really think if we are more mature in life, that we need to think about if something happens to us, what is going to happen to our pet. So I really think you need a plan for that or something in your will that states that and to ask someone. And then I think you too should talk to your vet about it because Mm -hmm. even our vets feel uncomfortable sometimes talking to us about the death of our pets. And so it might be helpful for them if we're the ones that have the courage to mention it, that we have thought about this you know, this is what I'm thinking I might want to do. And then to have friends, once again, understanding friends that surround you 
and that you can talk to them about these times that you're thinking about and that it's going to be rough and that you share with somebody. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point about having a conversation with your veterinarian. I mean, veterinarians are not grief counselors, right? But they kind of get thrown into that job every day. And I think some of them are just naturally better at it than others are more comfortable with the human element. You have to imagine like, yeah, having people in tears all the time might be really difficult to deal with. So I like the idea of having a plan, knowing, I think the other part that, you know, is people don't always know when it's time to say goodbye. And your veterinarian can certainly help you kind of assess your pet's quality of life and help you make a decision because yeah, it's a big decision to make. Yeah, definitely. And most veterinarians usually have like a scale, a quality life scale that they can show to their pet parents. That really helps people. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about how the fact that we have to kind of make the final call in some cases might impact grief as well, right? Because there might be some guilt or questioning of the decision involved that people also have to process and deal with. And that is something often different from human loss. True. It's a different, you know, that is true. That is different. And it's something that I see with so many pet parents that guilt is the number one thing that they're struggling with. Mm. There was an interesting article recently about whether grief of a human loss could be a mental health disorder. So I think the manual that they use for deciding what counts as a psychological disorder is considering this. And they decided that grief for a pet could not be a mental health disorder, which, you know, I think there's danger in kind of pathologizing loss and grief anyway. But my question is, like, how do we know when our grief is too intense? And when do you see like someone probably needs some level of professional help, whether it's with a pet loss support group or a grief specialist or therapy? Like, what should people be looking out for? Maybe it's time to get help. I try to let my pet parents know in group or on one-on-one about this topic because a lot of people ask me this. And I think it goes back to, and I don't know if this is in that manual, the DSM-5, but in the field of thanatology, we call it complicated or prolonged grief. That when you start to feel like the intensity of the pain is not getting any better or where you're getting to the point where you literally cannot get out of bed in the morning and function. So those are the times I think that we need to reach out for added support, whether it's to go to a licensed mental health counselor or see someone like me, who's a grief support pet loss specialist. But It doesn't mean that you're not normal. It just means that you need that added extra help to help get you over the hump and to progress a little bit along the way. I want to ask you a few questions about your work and what is the most interesting or rewarding part of your job? That's a really good question. You know, it's kind of simplistic, but the reality of it is, is that I have a passion for helping people who are grieving. Yeah. You know, I think I mentioned at the very beginning about the death loss of my father, that it's the worst physical, mental, emotional pain that we can ever go through, I believe. And so if something I'm doing in life makes that a little bit easier for someone, it's made my life worthwhile. And I have been blessed to see it with many of my clients that they have progressed 
And that's wonderful. Does that mean that you accept that your pet is gone or that you have that closure? I don't think so. Because the people that I see constantly, no matter how long it has been, continue to love and miss their pet. I can speak to that. It's true. Right? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it's a thing. So, all right. Brenda, I want to thank you so much for being here today. Like, I think your work is really so special and you know, I really appreciate the empathy I can feel coming from you as you talk about you know, working with your clients. So where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about gaps or you know, how to cope with pet loss? Is your support group open to anybody who needs help? How does that work? It is. I now have people from all over the U.S. coming to the support group. And so the best way to access that is to look at my website, Grief About Pets. Just Google that and it should come up and you can see what we offer. And then after that, if you also want to email me at Brenda at GriefAboutPets.com, I check my email constantly. That's how I found you. And we'll be sharing the link to your website in the show notes as well. So people can find you. And obviously, you know, if you're out there and you're having difficulties coping with a loss of a pet or think you might need help coping in the future, then I would just say, find supportive people, reach out for help if you need it. It's a really difficult thing to go through. And so many of us have been through it. And even if people are not talking about it, I think a lot of people share your pain and grief. So don't feel like you have to go through it alone. Okay. Well, Brenda, thank you so much for being here today. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. And like I said, I really admire what you do. Thank you very much, Michael. Thanks everyone for tuning into this very special episode on a very sensitive topic. And next week, we're going to actually hear the breeder perspective on pet loss with Julie Walker from Knucklehead Cane Corso. So I think you'll want to tune in and hear about her personal story. And everybody take care. You are listening to The Good Dog Pod. We'll see you next week.